we like had the rotisserie chicken in the car and we had because it was cold we had like the heater on and our whole vehicle was smelling like rotisserie chicken how did you not just dig in right there because we're like oh we know well that rotisserie chicken (laughs) we know it's there we can smell it and it's going to be delicious later wait my precious um They're coming to get you, Barbara. What an excellent day for an exorcism. He's gonna laugh at you. They're all gonna laugh at you. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Have you checked the children, children, children? Be afraid. Be very afraid. I thought you only murdered boys. I go both ways. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? All right. Ready, Freddy? Ready. (laughs) Um, Should I just do the intro? Yeah, dude. Cool. Hello, all of our little, cute, adorable, succubus demons who are going through their emo boy phase. But did we ever really leave? I'm Jasmine. <laughs> and I'm three. <laughs> and we're the Babes for the Black Lagoon, a bi-weekly lady horror <clears throat> podcast where we mix and mingle and mostly focus on our favorite horror genre films through a ve- feminist view. I Ooh. almost said venomous. Ooh, it is kind of ven- venomous. It is, especially today's kind of, movie. Yeah, yeah, today's movie. Very sure. venomous. Yeah, but before <laughs> we get into that, Serena, how are you doing? I'm obsessed with ceramics. Yes, you are. I just had to get it out there. You are... Um, a clay lady. I'm a I'm a dirt queen. I'm Ooh. a sloppy mud lady bitch. I'm a. It's <laughs> like the Atlantis more sense. I'm a sloppy mud bitch. I'm a ceramic queen. Yeah, that's me. That's awesome. Um, have I, you ever done ceramics before? Well. Like in high school, like not for an in, elective, or not something? in high school, but I had many a friend that did it in high school, and then in college, I tried to take a couple classes from this like little studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew and I recently took a class, and I've just been going into the studio like almost daily. It feels cool. like and learning about the kiln and glazes and chemistry, and I love just it's it just feeds this thing in my brain so completely mm-hmm. and taps into this childlike whimsy mm-hmm. of just like playing with dirt and just being creative and uh I don't know what it is but it's like literally all I think about now Aww. I dream about it I wake up ceramics wanting- is so lucky to have you thank you uh, I I mean I think so too but yeah I'm learning I'm learning a lot and yeah. it's just been fun and it ha- n- Nothing about it feels like, I don't know, it just feels like very accepting and open and all along the process, you can just fuck it up and like ruin your shit and you just have to be willing to let go. And Mm. so, I don't know, during this period with like all my mom stuff, it's been like exactly what I needed. And I don't know why, but. Well, because you're probably just channeling that energy you know those thoughts and feelings are very raw right now and you're like channeling them into 
uh, you know, the things totally. that you're making. Totally. And like, I've, I've always believed in like art therapy. Mm-hmm. That was actually when I was younger, like in high school, um, one of my, my many dream career paths, <laughs> um, I, I wanted to be an art therapist. It's never too late, babe. I know, it's but never too late. I have commitment issues. Fair. And I'm such a... I'm cut from that cloth of, like, I need to see something really through before yeah. I need to even start. Or and you have your hands it. in so many different things yeah. right now. So, yeah. like, you're a busy lady also. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, art, I, like, I, I'm such a proponent for art therapy because it's yeah. like, yeah, like, if you don't know how to uh, eloquently put in it to words or you don't feel comfortable quite yet to talk to, you know someone about it you could at least like channel that into like this physical thing and work through it and you know uh you could something could like amazing come out of it or something dark comes out of it but at least it's like it's going into another channel and it's not just like keeping it inside yeah i mean i have been making weird shit i love your weird shit and it's so fucking cool i'm just i'm just really riding this wave i'm i'm just like i'm a fucking potter now (laughs) You see these hands? You see these hands? <laughs> Look what these hands can do. <laughs> Jazz, how are you? What's going on um, with you? Um, I'm doing good. Um, I. It's funny because I I have been lacking in some in some sort of like uh, art form, and mm. that's actually kind of been on my mind. Like, I I really miss painting. Mm-hmm. Um, You're so talented. You're so fucking oh. talented. <laughs> Thanks. You have these beautiful <laughs> paintings in your house of like these huge. I mean, how big are those those animal portraits that you? They're like they're two by three at least. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like some of them are like, uh, like, like four by two. Yeah, you know, they're big and they're beautiful. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I just been like kind of um, like I'll be I'll be finding myself somewhere in my day and just being like, you know, kind of check out (laughs) I'm like I really want to paint again and hopefully like I kind of see like I'm I'm starting to be better at my time management like in my professional career I I kind of get lost in the sauce and I have a hard time putting up boundaries so I need to I think I just need to do it but I'm it's hard because I I'm one of those people that I can't uh start and then come back to something I kind of like like dissociate and I like paint for eight hours and like Jeremy will come home and he's like, wow, this looks great. Have you had anything to eat today? You know, and, Have you had any water? I'm like, no. <laughs> what time is it? You know, I, I just kind of, yeah, I get really into it. Yeah. And I think that's why it's why I haven't been able to do it because I think with like my learning disability and I, I do feel like I'm undiagnosed, like ADHD. I was just going to say, it sounds like you have ADHD, yeah, babe. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, and you know, I've no, yeah, <laughs> um, I've never, uh, explored that medically, but I just, just knowing I have a lot of friends and they describe and I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's me, yep. you know, but I I haven't taken any proper steps my whole entire life to like yeah. address that, and a part of me does want to maybe like um you know s- seek help in that realm. I don't know if I would want to go on medication. I'm kind of curious what it would do. Mm-hmm. You know, if it would like untap this like 
um, you know, this productive queen that lives inside me. Because I, I, I am productive, but I, I have a hard time starting sitting with it and finishing something it's like I'm always kind of like I have five things that happen in a day and not necessarily they will all get done right then and there like or I, the most important one yeah and yeah. then like, I'll like kind of bounce around and I'll get distracted and I'll do other things but um anyways yeah I, I I'm good I just like I've been I think it's because also like we finally had a real first snow like yeah. we've been having all these like little um these little storms, but you know, nothing sticks. They're all pretty and, punky. Yeah. But this this last one, like yeah. everything kind of stuck and it kind of gave me that reminder of like, okay, I might have to like slow down because literally like driving, you have to drive really slow, very cautiously, and um need to apply those practices with, you know, winter living into like my own personal life. Just yeah. like slow down. It's gonna be okay. If it doesn't get done, it doesn't get done today. It wasn't meant to happen. Yeah. So I think I'm kind of feeling that shift. Yeah. You know? And winter and like fall and winter is like that transition. And I think our bodies and our minds have to transition just mm-hmm. like the seasons. And oh, yeah. it can be a time of rest mm-hmm. and like, yeah, more quiet and reflection. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you got to take care of yourself, dude. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> winter kind of like... I, it like doesn't care. No. And I, it's so funny how quickly everything shifts, like within just like your body, like yeah. my, my, like my skin got really chappy. My hands get really like cracky and dried. I'm my like, eczema oh, yeah. is showing yeah. herself. And I'm like, oh, I gotta get my heavy moisturizing, yeah. <laughs> uh, hydrating creams Thick. out. Yeah, I gotta get those thick things on my skin. And I mean, I'm wearing a beanie today because I also realized like, oh, my scalp is kind of dry. Like, I need to do a little little treatment for my my poor little head, too. Um, So yeah, just, just, you know. Yeah. 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 I love it. Um, I don't think we have any podcast announcements. No. I mean, our stickers are out in the world. Yes. And we want to give them to you. So... Um, you know, please still reach out with your reviews. And um, y- even if, you know, you've been like our, our longtime listener and, you know, I, I also understand like sometimes there is that anxiety of like, oh, if I write something and it's like I can't change it, it's like out in the world. Like I, I totally understand yeah. that. But, you know, just like, you know, you can even just like do a little screenshot from like your notes totally, or something. You know? Totally. Um, um, we did get a nice uh, little review slash comment from an email we got from a listener uh, that I just wanted to read. Uh, it was so sweet. Um, it says, bravo, ladies. Just finished listening to both your Carrie and Descent podcast. Enjoyed every moment. You brought up lots of lady issues and handled them so well. You modern gals are right on point with the differences <laughs> between 2023 and 1975 and 2005. Um, so much has changed for the positive. Poor Carrie. Anti-bullying programs were non-existent. Mental abuse was not even named. They don't even have showers in schools anymore. The descent was so creepy, but the adultery by the friend and the husband was horrible. So sad that blind, creeping creatures in caves can be just as evil as folks we think are friends. Damn. Read it. Um, Keep up the great work. Love the joy and laughter I hear in your conversations with little heart uh, emoji. That tugs at my heartstrings. Thank you, dear listener. (laughs) Really appreciate those kind words. Yeah, that was like super sweet and validating and... 
yeah, we just love hearing from you guys and yeah. all of you who are supporting us all the time and responding to our stories. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just, it, yeah, it warms the old heart. It the does. little swampy, lagoony heart. <laughs> that little dank, damp place <laughs> within my soul. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did want to put it in order for a little uh, correctioroni pepperoni. Ooh. <laughs> Now I'm craving pepperoni <laughs> because um I uh our our uh, when this episode uh comes out um I listened to our episode covering Pan's Labyrinth mm-hmm. and I real I think it's because um the the movie sets in Spain I mean kind of a little um little oops and I said that you know I was trying to connect to something in the movie to Guillermo's childhood or you know his youth and i just said oh yeah when he grew up in spain mm-hmm. i know he did not grow in he's he's mexican mm-hmm. so i just wanted to kind of like make that little correction huh. and uh you know it's not the biggest deal but i also know like you know um people have a lot of pride where they yeah. come from so i just wanted to you know acknowledge that yeah, and totally. honor it so yeah. yeah no worries um well should we just like let's dig in just get in let's it. take a cool. bite all right. Well, Serena, I have uh, not one but two questions for you today, and I'm sorry. Um, two I just, whole questions. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I wanted to know um, where you grew up. Was mm-hmm. there any local lore? Not really. Okay. And I was just kind of. I was like, oh man, like I don't really have anything That's cool fine. to add to that. There was like one house that was kind of abandoned that the neighborhood kids and I would like. Oh, it's you know, like, mm-hmm. ooh, something spooky. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't ever like you know baked into the culture of the town uh-huh. or anything like that. Totally. Um, so I'm interested to hear um, what yours is. Yeah, kind of. I mean, in a similar vein, like this didn't define like where I came from, but um, I grew up in Gilroy, mm-hmm. so the garlic capital of the world. <laughs> um, and there, uh, there's a lot of different interpretations. <laughs> of this story yeah um so the one that i was aware of was there was this uh you know when gilroy was kind of developing and um gilroy's kind of i kind of uh described it as like a it's a bowl like the town is at the basin and then it's just kind of surrounded by all these beautiful lush foothills Mm -hmm. um and uh, there is this highway between uh, Gilroy and Watsonville, and it's 152. And um, it's this really gorgeous kind of – it's singular, like, little – actually, I don't remember the difference between freeways and highways, but, but whatever, regardless. It's this, um, you know, uh, one-way kind of road through these foothills, um, and it's very lush, very beautiful, and then you kind of pop up. Um, from like you go up to through the basin and up to the ridge and then you see like all of Watsonville and you can see the ocean Santa Cruz Aptos you can see like little bits of Monterey and you know in in the foreground um sounds gorgeous it's it's beautiful um but there used to be like a kind of a prominent family in that area when the town was developing called the Millers and something happened to Sarah Miller the youngest daughter Again, I, I I don't know all the details, but there was one of the story I heard was she like ran away one night on her horse and tragically her horse like went off a cliff oh. and she she died and the horse died. Um, Now, I know that that's probably not 
the exact story. There's a lot of different little uh, layers. layers and versions of the death of Sarah Miller. But the lore was um, when you drive through 152 it, at night, it's because it's in the rain. It's like in, you know, it's in the Redwood Forest. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of moisture, lots of condensation. It gets very misty mm-hmm. and like thick fog and very eerie, um, very like sleepy hollow like. Mm-hmm. And so when you're driving, you're kind of driving really slow because mm-hmm. like it's you can't very, see you can't yeah. see and it's this like tiny little road that you're driving on and you kind of have to be like aware of like the other traffic coming from the other side. But the the thing was like if you drive through this area on like a really dark foggy night and your radio was on and it like went into white noise all of a sudden that Mm. was like sarah miller trying to contact you not her horse (laughs) nay oh (laughs) nay (laughs) um and then yeah or like there is another thing like you could see her on the road Mm. at some times um again this was like when i was a teenager so i i like again i I never knew if I really, like, believed in that, but, like, you know, just kind of was, like, one of those little fun stories at the expense of someone's demise, and I I understand (laughs) it's also fucked up, but um, my uh, next question is, have you ever had to go through a breakup, but specifically a friend breakup, or just grew apart from past relationships? Yes. Mm -hmm. I have had a few very significant friend breakups in my life that were incredibly formative. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really related to Needy's character mm. in this movie because she just, the codependency and the like lack of realizing that you're kind of being abused mm-hmm. by your friend. Yeah. Um, and like the control aspect and the like, the constant, um, uh, you know, just like uh, the focus of the, uh, the apple of your eye and mm-hmm. you can't be anyone else's friend and you can't have mm-hmm. partners and you can't have a life and, you know, and um, I'm a people pleaser. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I think my personality before was like attracting these people that needed, like I felt like they needed me and mm-hmm. like I felt needed because you know um but yeah those all kind of exploded and the funny thing is is like all of them have since like at some point reached out to apologize to me oh mm-hmm. whoa yeah and like just sort of admitting mm. like how they treated me mm-hmm. and that that wasn't okay yeah. and you know and so i mean I look back at them, back on them with a lot of growth, mm. and I definitely have learned my boundaries, mm-hmm. and I know that the good people in my life are going to stay. I don't need to constantly, like, feed this, like, ever famished, like, animal of our friendship, like, mm-hmm. for it to prosper and be fulfilling and awesome for both of us like i just have learned so much from those and grown so much um and uh yeah but they were really fucking hard at the time because we were just so intertwined and um you know but i think 
especially for women, like those female to female relationships, especially at that age when we're young, a few of them I, you know, I met when I was a lot younger and, you know, grew up with. So mm-hmm. you just, you become a different person yeah. and that's okay. And totally friendships change and, you know, like all of that is super valid and okay and there's no wrong or right way, but recognizing if you're in kind of a bad pseudo abusive relationship with somebody even if it's a friend Mm -hmm. like even if there are good elements of it like you don't deserve that and you don't Mm -hmm. need to be in those if they're toxic so amen that's it that's all i gotta say (laughs) that's that's the piping hot tea that i got (laughs) yeah what about you dude well well one thank you for sharing because i know like sometimes it's it's complicated to talk about yeah your friendships yeah i think it in, in a sense your friendships are a little bit more um, layered than, like, maybe and your... intimate. Yeah, they They're can be. They're almost harder yes. than, like, partner breakups. Because it's a, it's an emotional bond. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe it's something physical. Maybe there's something there. But, like, the, 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 the emotional complexities of, like, two people who choose to be in each other's lives, yeah. but it's not working. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to acknowledge that yeah but then also like how do i move on from especially this? like a childhood friend yeah like the characters well, in this yes. film where like you you kind of take it for granted mm-hmm. that you're always going to be together right yeah but you don't factor in all these changes that happen especially during those formative years in mm-hmm. your teenage in your 20s like y- you are allowed to be a different person and if that person is, d- doesn't want to grow with you and mm-hmm. is like um not respecting your boundaries mm-hmm. like yeah cut it out yeah yeah <laughs> um i don't think i i mean i don't know what this says about myself but i don't think i've ever gone through like a friend breakup i think it's always just kind of been like an amicable like we just drifted mm. you know mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean i don't love you or mm-hmm. i still don't care about you or like we still don't like uh, you know, text each other on each yeah, other's birthdays yeah. and just like wish wish each other well. Um, I just kind of have always just been a person that's like, hey, this is a two like you know street thing, and like if I'm not giving, that's one thing. But also, if you're not giving me to any to like to hold on to anything, yeah. then it's just like it's not it's not working anymore. Yeah. Or or we've grown. We're not the same people we were when we were kids, or yeah. even like teenagers or high school or even last week you know like um we just like as people we just evolve yeah and um and i I, it's like it's nothing personal and at least i hope it's not i don't take it personally um and it's just kind of like i have so many friends who are doing so many other things that i don't do like some of them are mothers Mm -hmm. some of them are you know they have like crazy full-time jobs and it's like i can't i can't hold that against them no and it's just it's just not what i'm doing yeah um we're all allowed to have lives outside of our friendships (laughs) exactly we're allowed to have multiple friends you know like people bring different things to your life Mm -hmm. and like i said the the ones that are real are going to stick around they're going to be with you through all of that Mm -hmm. it's going to be okay Mm -hmm. like it's it's just sort of like you you time time can like you know, when you pick back up with somebody and it's like, time never... Oh, like, yeah. We're like, oh, oh, I know yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. And there's just that bond and it's baked in. And yeah. like, yeah. So those are the friends that you need to keep around. Totally. Yeah. And seek and yeah, just... 
yeah, let's, I mean, there's no other way to just kind of, you know, sagu into this uh, because, you know, we're talking about local legends and dynamic layers of friendships that coincide with today's movie pick. Um, and you already know, we announced it last week, we are covering the 2009 satirical feminist horror classic, Jennifer's Body. Um, Serena, did you... Uh, when, do you remember the first time you saw this movie or like what were your like first initial thoughts and feelings about Jennifer's body? Um, <clears throat> well, I feel, what did I write down? I oh. wrote that this was like our Barbie of oh, the time in a way. It was like all we had, <laughs> you know, it maybe wasn't the most, uh, you know, like, <laughs> perfectly feminist film mm -hmm. but it's what we got in mm -hmm. 2009 yeah. you know where we uh could see ourselves in these characters uh we were allowed to like experience like that female rage mm -hmm. and like all of our hormones and emotions mm -hmm. and all of that good juicy disgusting stuff that mm -hmm. we went through when we were teenagers um but, you know, people today, kids growing up, they get, like, this beautiful Barbie movie. And it's amazing. But, but this is also <laughs> written and directed um, and led female film. Yes. You know, so, like, that's why I'm calling it, like, our, our, our version Barbie. of yeah. Barbie. Yes. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I definitely had mixed feelings about it at the time. Mm. And, like, this time period and this actress and, you know, I want to get into that a little bit. Mm -hmm more but it was just like this was such a particular moment in teenagehood mm -hmm. uh paris hilton mm -hmm. skinny like M megan dropped to 97 pounds for this role mm -hmm. and like the midriff and the lower like mm -hmm. all of that's wrapped up in mm -hmm. this culture at the time mm -hmm. and so like while i do think it served some purposes and at the time like did serve some like feminist purposes for me, I still saw it as flawed at the mm, time. Yeah. 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 Well, I think as women, we're very self-critical. Yeah. <laughs> um, of not only ourselves, but unfortunately we do have that little, that little gremlin inside of us that can't help, but also like look at someone and like kind of pick, pick out something. Yeah. But then like we have the realization of like, Oh, but like, we'll learn more about them. And like, Oh, this person's growing on me. You mm -hmm. know, I think we just I think society has made us, feel that way yeah. sometimes and yeah. um it's something i'm definitely working on but um would you be so kind to give us a little rundown of jennifer's body surely um from wikipedia the film follows a demonically possessed high school student who kills her male classmates and devours their flesh in order to survive with her childhood friend striving to end her killing spree mm. with the tagline she's evil and not just high school evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about some film stats, Jazz? All right. Yes. Yeah. So like you mentioned before, this is like a woman created film and it has that uh that feeling to it, I think. And um so it was directed by uh uh Karen Kasuma Kasama. Um she's also uh, a writer and producer. She's done films like Aeon Flux. The L World, uh, The Invitation, Yellow Jackets, and just to name a few. Have you seen Yellow Jackets? Yet? I have. I've seen a okay. few episodes. Um, I think at the time, I, I haven't, I've only gotten through like maybe the first three episodes of the first season. Um, 
I, there's just too much yeah. shit out there to watch. And I hear consume. it's really good. It is so it's mm-hmm. good. I, I think you would like it. It's it's you know it's eerie. It's creepy. Um, it's also just about you know women. Yeah, <laughs> surviving. surviving. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then uh, we have Diablo Cody, uh, known writer uh, known for uh, Juno, United States of Tara, Young Adult, and Tully. Um, and Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to just point out, so Diablo Cody, um, her that was actually a pen name that Mm -hmm. she created for herself. um, And her real name is Brooke Mario. Mm -hmm. Um, She went to college for film. Mm -hmm. um, But after college, she actually became a full-time stripper. Yes. And she went by that name, Diablo Cody, because I was like, dude, what a fucking cool name. It is. It's amazing. But also, I have noticed that sometimes women directors and writers will use a pen name. Or something more masculine. Or something more masculine yeah. to, like, get in their foot in the door. And I yeah. I mean, I think it's smart. But yes, um, I think it just was interesting to, like, flip the script on mm-hmm. that. Because, like, you went to college and then you became a stripper. Yes. Where, like, the worst nightmare for a lot of parents is, like, if you don't go to college, you'll become a stripper. <laughs> you know? Which it's like, they're making money. Yeah. They're part of the service industry. There's no reason to devalue women go- at yeah, all they're, in they're, that way. They're using their bodies. Yeah. And that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. And something I wanted to add, too, um, was... When, uh, yeah, so Diablo wrote this right after Juno. Yes. And so she was, she won an Oscar for it. You know, she, she was so hyped up and for not just, you know, writers, but like for a female writer, but writers in general, like they don't really become like sensationalized or hyped up in the public view. But I think because Juno was so different and, Diablo has that language. It's so quirky. Mm-hmm. It's campy. Like you're kind of like I don't know what the fuck that means. It's really but I, dialogue but, heavy. But I, but I feel the intention behind <laughs> those words, even though I don't understand really what that meant. Um, yeah. she was. I I listened to an interview for uh, the 10 year anniversary of Jennifer's Body. She was talking with Megan Fox, mm-hmm. and she wrote this movie because well for for a lot of reasons, but um. With uh, her two personalities, you know, Brooke and Diablo, Brooke is needy. Mm-hmm. That's who Diablo, that's how she felt, mm-hmm. you know, most times. And then Jennifer is Diablo, mm-hmm. is this alter ego, you know, doesn't give a shit, lives unapologetically, not like in the greatest way sometimes, but, you know, she she had the, she has this duality within herself. Mm-hmm. And I think as women, that's what makes us like beautiful and complex because, yes, we have kind of our dominant personality, yeah. but then there are things within ourselves that like do come out and like kind of like, you know, they kind of just uh, like a wildfire. They just kind of come out and they mm-hmm. like spread. And she was saying like, that's kind of where she pulled inspiration for these two very different characters. Yeah. yeah. And um, that's threatening. I mean, that like that other side can be very threatening. Totally. To men. But I, I will say like Young Adult and Tully are like two really, 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 yeah. really good films. Tully was really. Tully especially. It's really heavy. Postpartum depression. Oh. Oof. That, yeah. That's a really, really that good film. That is a really good film. I think one of her best. Yes. Um. I also I have a just a note somewhere else, but um, I wanted to add that um, Cody describes that she had always wanted to write a horror film. It was like her pipe dream was like her her fulfillment in her as her like self as a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And she said she always wanted to write a female focus about female friendships and specifically about a girl who eats boys. Yeah. And she didn't want it to, you know, she wanted it to be about, you know, cannibalism, sex, rage, um, and revenge. But she knew she she knew what she wanted and she just went for it, which I, I kind of like there are some things within the dialogue of this film. I was like, oh, that didn't age that well. But, you know, as a woman during this time, just like being so like not like not conforming and just kind of just like running wild with how your many, story. How many like there's so many fil- like I, I don't know. I think we're heavily scru- like she was heavily scrutinized oh, yeah. for that. But yes. like how many fucking dumb movies out there written and directed by men where it's just like. And they're called, like, cult classics. Right, right, yeah. right. Masterpieces. <laughs> so stupid. Um, but, but there yeah. was some insane dialogue in this Totally, movie. yes. <laughs> and uh, Diablo is totally self-aware of how bizarre the script was and is. Um, but again, she just didn't want to conform to anything. And she always knew that Fox was Jennifer. They mm. they uh, tested a few actresses for Needy's character, and um, you know they they landed on Amanda, which I again the casting of this movie is so great. Mm-hmm. Um, but she and she said like in a good way, she saw this mystique in Megan Fox and couldn't see anyone else playing Jennifer Check. And I mean, I I think Megan does an, a phenomenal job in this movie. Like like. I I rewatched it recently and it just like this movie is so rewatchable and it holds up and like the performances are just so like enchanting mm-hmm. and like you can't look away. Yeah. Um but to get back to <laughs> speaking about Megan Fox, she she plays Jennifer Check. Um Amanda uh, Seyfried plays Anita Needy Linsky, but that she just goes by Needy. Um, and I have some thoughts about <laughs> that. As, yeah. Um, and we also have like, you know, uh, uh, you know, Johnny Simons as Chip, who plays Needy's boyfriend. Um, other folks in this movie, Adam, Adam Brody, uh, Kyle Gallner, uh, J.K. Simons, uh, Amy Sedaris, and a random Chris Pratt cameo, which I'm like... Not like the biggest Chris Pratt. Fan. I don't like Chris Pratt. I think I really loved him in his like Parks and Rec mm-hmm. time, but well, he was like he was like kind of soft and yeah, like he's a soft boy. And now he's like this like ripped like hyper Christian like mm-hmm. man's man. Yeah, and I don't like he's, that. You know, he you know again, it's like yeah, maybe just like say it to your friend group, but like don't post it on social media. <laughs> Weird. Um, but uh. <laughs> This this kind of surprised me with the ratings. Um, it got a forty six percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Audience score gave it thirty five percent. It got a five point five um, from IMDb. Common Sense Media gave it a three out of five. But I asked our listeners, like, how did you? You know, I kind of did like a little poll yeah. this past week, knowing that we were going to be recording, and I had like. You know, did you enjoy Jennifer's body? And the first part was like, hell yeah. The other one was like, boo. <laughs> the other one was like, meh. You know, like, can take it or leave it. Yeah. And our listeners, uh, 86, said that they re- they did enjoy it. And then there was like a 14% felt meh about it, which yeah. is like, that's fine. Yeah. I actually, that made me feel good because knowing what the general consensus feels about this movie, that's not how I feel about this movie. Mm-hmm. When I first saw it, I yeah, 2009. I was either a senior in high school or just going into college. So this felt very relevant. And yeah, just like 
how the movie feels, I yeah. was like, oh, I totally, I, I can, I can live here. <laughs> and I loved Juno too. So yeah. I was like, so ready for all the weird commentary dialogue. And I, I just thought it was, I, I, even then I just thought it was a really fun yeah. movie and I, and I understood it. I didn't take it seriously. I didn't, I didn't think it was like this, like, uh, this flop. Yeah. But, I mean, the majority of our listeners, at least according to our Instagram, are mostly women. Mm -hmm. You know, so, like, even in our little, like, uh, sample size for this poll, Mm -hmm. you know, like, 86% saying they enjoyed it, mostly women, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I think, like, the flop, and we'll talk about, like, the way that it was marketed Mm -hmm. in theaters was so wrong for this movie and so bad. I had a full soapbox moment to go deep dive into. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, I think, uh, I mean, that was all marketing. And I Mm -hmm. think, you know, like, the fact that it's had this reclamation today as a cult classic speaks volumes as to, like, yeah, let's reexamine this movie that, like, maybe didn't do well, but is actually, like, has a lot to say. Totally. Um, But I just wanted to (laughs) mention that the name of the film actually comes from a song by Courtney Love's band Hole, Mm. um, which is, the, the song is called Jennifer's Body. Um, and Courtney actually hated the fact that they used it for the title of, of the film, <laughs> even though they used a whole song at the end of the film, which I thought worked great. Yeah. But I was just like, yeah, it is a weird title. It is. It works, but it's weird. Um, but, but also like, I think that, you know, as you are about to talk about marketing and stuff, they should have like ridden on the coattails of Cody's success with Juno and marketed it that way. Mm-hmm. Like, they should have, you know, with Juno just being like this this indie gem that everybody like, it was like universally like so popular. And if they had included that more at the forefront, like you know, written by the same like who brought, who brought you Juno, and mm-hmm. that was just like so buried. I thought like that. I don't know. To me, makes it feel like they were burying like women's success in oh, the marketing of it. Absolutely, and I hate that. And I mean, to to bring back something that you just pointed out, like yeah, our listeners are probably mostly women, and this movie is for women. And what? Oh no, you're fine. And uh, what I'm like about to get into is that. Um, how yes like the the marketing campaign for this was a t- complete disaster and um and if you're ready for me to get <laughs> into it i oh no you're fine no no i'm i'm just like are you like are you ready to hear me just i'm rant? ready baby Ooh. um and i'll try to get through this like very quickly but yeah like i was like i said i was just so stunned that this movie didn't do well and actually like when i think about it like my, my my friends at the time and then like friends like you know beyond this movie like they're like oh yeah i love jennifer's body like we we we, we could understand what the movie was trying to do and that it, it's not supposed to take itself seriously and there's layers to this film um but yeah why didn't uh jennifer's body receive the love that i feel like it should have deserved when it hit theaters um and again yes it was a marking disaster when the movie came out cody and kasuma um, had, you know, both spoke out uh, very publicly about how they did not love the marketing campaign campaign for this film. And because um, there was tensions of the idea of the movie as like a campy horror sex movie. And in the reality, it was so much weirder 
than just that like yeah. little that little thought. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah, they just were not thrilled with the way that the studio's marketing campaign was going with it. The test screens was not great because uh the only people that they recruited for those screenings were men between 18 and 24 years old. It's like the absolute opposite audience. Exactly. For this film. Yes. And the marketing team had a clear vision that it was going to be marketed towards men specifically because of Megan Fox. Yeah. Um, that's what they thought the value of the film was for, which it's just like so fucking small minded. Uh, Cody described that um, a feedback card from these audience screenings that she received from a specific, uh, you know, audience test screening. um, The card just read needs more boobs (laughs) and boobs was spelled. And again, I'm dyslexic, but like if you're going to make a point, like you better do some fucking spell check or like maybe ask around. But it also probably just speaks to like this could have been an 18 year old boy. Uh, Boobs was spelled B-E-W-B-S. and that was the data that was taken seriously for the marketing. Uh, and then it was badly reviewed because the movie was not marketed in the direction yeah. that they had given the public. And yeah. I men- remember the trailer, too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And men, uh, you know, they went to the theaters and just left unsatisfied, confused <laughs> and deeply disturbed. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was this false advertisement backlash. Um, and it was just. Yeah, ill-marketed approach um, that also dove off the actually attended audience for Jennifer's Body, which was women. Like I said, imagine Barbie being marketed (laughs) to men 18 to 24 and and using that data to build the marketing campaign for Barbie. Yeah. No. 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 Would not have worked. (laughs) No. But yes, like... The, the marketing uh, studios were like, you know, Fox was just coming off of the Transformer train. Um, and at the time, she was very outspoken about her experiences working with certain directors mm. and movie studios mm-hmm. and how she was like not really being treated fairly. You know, she, they were just using her uh, using her body in a sense. And um, at the time, Fox was publicly being open about her experience. Um, and this totally shifted her career and her image. She was dealing with a lot of public scrutiny and struggling a lot within that personally and physically um, because she was being so reduced. And like the word hypersexualized, when I think of like, like now when I look back of like, oh, yeah, like Megan Fox's life between like this time frame, like hypersexualized doesn't even feel like the right word to use. I feel like there's another word and I just don't know what that is. Consumed. Yes, Like her body was totally consumed. Yes. And in a way, that's why Megan's acting as Jennifer is so, like you totally just feel it because she just channeled that within Jennifer Check. Um, And yeah, yeah, the movie poster for this film features Fox in a miniskirt and a tank top doing like this really like leg emphasizing pose and uh it has hell yes scribbled on the blackboard behind her the movie trailer is mostly hyped up edits of jennifer strutting around really emphasizing that she was going to be it was there's gonna be like some girl on girl action and like she's like this sexy vampire cheerleader person who's just killing boys and Again, it just really emphasized that Megan Fox was going to be really sexy in this film. So that's what you should go see it. And apparently there was an edit, like a first edit of the trailer that um, 
you know, the writer and the director saw, and it didn't even have Amanda in it. It was just all Megan Fox like, yeah. running around when it's like, it's, it's not just about this one character. It's about two people in a relationship yeah. and it was just totally missed. Um, and there was a quote from a, a, a Vox article from 2018 uh, that said, so when Jennifer's body came out, there was this already made narrative waiting for it. The script was trying too hard. It was too sexualized or maybe not sexy enough. It was a trashy, empty B movie with delusions of grandeur. And like, <laughs> I don't know why I like take that so personally, because I love this movie. It's again, I, th- I just think like things were so missed and I'm really happy that this movie is kind of getting a renaissance mm-hmm. now, you know, and like, and unfortunately it's because, you know, the wake of the Me Too movement, like it, ha- that had to happen for us to start appreciating Megan Fox more, appreciate this movie more, appreciate, you know, probably more uh, works of art who that are, you know, for women and yeah. not just for men. Um, and, uh, you know, the public to get to know more about Fox's experiences and movie studios. Um, I think it's also that this movie has found a more sympathetic audience. Mm -hmm. And because this movie deals with some layers of assault and male abuse and power, um, it also has, you know, many deeper layers for us to dive into. Um, But I think just in the general Republic has like woken up and realized that it's actually really fun layered popcorn movie yeah and it's described now as a feminist cult classic and has yeah like i said it's just like having this like like uh this awakening because you you see people with their halloween costumes they're dressing up as jennifer check and like i look at this i'm like this person looks like they're probably like a freshman in college Mm -hmm. and like that's maybe how old i was when this movie came out and i just love that like we are we are giving this movie the love that it deserves, yeah. and I am like really stoked to talk about it. Yeah, today. I mean, there are problems with this film. Mm-hmm. There yeah. are sort of anti-feminist elements of this film, mm-hmm. but lots of feminist elements of this film. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's it's interesting putting a 2023 audience in front of mm-hmm. a 2009 feminist attempt mm-hmm. um, under sort of the the restrictions and the marketing and all the bullshit of these um, big production companies that drive a lot of how these films get received and shared and all of that. So it's like a refreshing, like relook at it, which is really interesting. But I mean, I really can't underscore enough, like how hard this time was in terms of body positivity, self image and self hate. And just like, the 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 way that we were trained as girls during this time was to be so thin mm. and straight hair and white and like all of these things i just i can't untangle them even though i really enjoy this movie mm-hmm. i still can't untangle the time period yeah. and where it does fall short for me because you know i look at somebody like like i mentioned paris hilton mm-hmm. who i think she just came out with a book and a new show where she's really sharing a lot of uh, the trauma that she experienced growing up when she was younger, abuse, sexual, sexual assault, and all of that stuff. And like, while I empathize with that as a woman, I still can't like 
let go of the fact that these people, Megan Fox, Paris Hilton, like all of these celebrities at the time, were still somewhat complicit in the information that they were putting out. And while, like, I do feel we did consume Megan Fox and we reduced her and all of that, and I, I believe that, I still think that there is sort of some reckoning that has to be done with these actresses and, and maybe just owning up to the fact that they were also feeding that system um, that I I felt like mm-hmm. I was so deeply in and, like, the self-loathing and the self-hate and my eating disorders and, like, all mm-hmm. of that at the time – was because of them in a way like I don't hold it against them but I I do feel like I still need some kind of acknowledgement from Mm. that era of women yeah no totally and I I hear everything that you just said I think not to not to defend these people because I don't know them you know but looking back at this time I feel like they probably didn't even have control of their own images You know, they probably had these marketing campaigns, this like marketing team around them that told them like, you need to do this. They were probably mostly men. And it was like, this is your worth. This is your value. And this is what you're only like allowed to put out in the public. But there were women that were going against that at the time. You know what I mean? So like what happened to them? They got shut down. Totally. I mean, I'm not saying it's the like the easier path or but I'm saying like there were women that were putting in that hard Mm -hmm. work at the time pre Me Too when it was way more stigmatized Mm -hmm. to be open and honest about what's going on. But like I still think that there's some level of like complicitness in that. Like I don't think it was exclusively men, you know, controlling that. I think there's like some responsibility that has to be taken. For sure, yeah. But I also feel like maybe they just maybe these people are still dealing with that trauma and they don't know how to, you know, reconcile that yeah. or what, you know, what they what they just them existing, the repercussions of that. Yeah. And what it did to people. Yeah. Because, no, yeah, I totally understand. Like, I I was, like, you know, a, a very early developed person. And my defense mechanism was, like, not to accentuate but to cover. Because I was receiving a lot of unwanted attention, not just by my peers, but from people older than me. That it made me feel unsafe and uncomfortable with all, within my own body. And I've, I've since worked through that but I I guess I was always kind of like yes like the people the the women in our uh in in the public right now are just like flashing everything and they look so confident and they're just really owning it but I I didn't want to do that because it was like not that it was getting me in trouble but I didn't feel safe when men tried to approach me and, like, ask me how old I was. Yeah. When I was, like, only 15 years old. I mean, do you remember the first time, like, you got catcalled or were told Mm -hmm. to smile? Oh, yeah. How old were you? Oh, I I don't even remember. I think I was, like, 11. Yeah. And it's, like, yeah, unfortunately, society has different standards, different rules for women. Yeah. And I think we're moving past that now. Um. But yeah, it's just, yeah, it's... it's yeah, this, I mean, it's yeah. a time for, like, healing to be done. <laughs> totally, You know what yeah. I mean? With all these these tools, information, and, like, shift in the culture that we have, I think now is the time for us to look back, recognize where we collectively and individually fell short mm-hmm. or were manipulated or taken advantage of, mm-hmm. but then also, like, 
how we can heal from that and mm-hmm. make girls growing up not feel the way that we did when we were growing up. For sure. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, well, Serena, <laughs> are you ready to go through, through the, the trees? trees? I <laughs> you. Okay, honestly, kind of a banger, though. Like, yes. for a, like a dumb for a song, song, for a made-up song made in a up movie, song. pretty pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. I'll go through the trees with you, baby. Oh, anytime. <laughs> I will find you. All right, let's get into Jennifer's body. The movie begins with uh, Needy who once was an insecure and studious teenager living in the small town of Devil's Kettle, which is kind of a badass name. a great name. name. Um, Devil's Kettle, Minnesota, and is now a violent mental inmate who narrates the events that happened while in solitary confinement. Uh, Needy and her longtime best friend, Jennifer Check, who's played by Megan Fox. Um, Jennifer Check is a popular and beautiful high school uh, cheerleader, Seemingly, uh, they don't have anything in common, and no one really understands their friendship, but they don't care because sandbox love never dies. That's a good line. It is. That is a really good line. Um, And that first line, like, hell is a teenage girl. Oh, it's so good. It's it's a good iconic line. Yeah, and then I used to be normal, well, as normal as any girl under the influence of teenage hormones. (laughs) (laughs) There's no normal way no, to be a teenager. Not at all. Um, but yeah, I, I love like this, the, this, these first few minutes in the film because yeah, we are kind of getting to know uh, Needy and Jennifer's like uh, roles within their friendship. I kind of love the unapologetical like vagina references. <laughs> like they call each other Monistat and Vagisil. I- <laughs> I know it's not great. It's not great. It's not great. They're actually like kind like they're being like um uh like very like passively aggressive, yeah, insulting each other. But that's that's them, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And um and also like you know like there's a moment where Jennifer yells at Nini like quit tampooning yourself and get down. (laughs) Like there's a part of my brain that loves like. That stupid humor yeah. and like I know it's a little problematic, but there's I again this is 2009 and I don't remember any other movie that like kind of just like freely talked about things that only me as like you know someone who uh, identifies as a woman like one other movie are you going to hear someone like bring up Vagisil or right. Monistat or right. like bring up tampons right. a lot you know it just feels very it feels really good <laughs> and that it's not being hidden you know yeah um but yes we we understand that needy and jennifer have some sort of um you know they have like some sort of friendship spidey senses they can sense each other or like needy can sense jen i don't know if jennifer is like self-aware of that yeah. but um 
But Jennifer has like the more dominant personality of the relationship and often takes advantage and dictates uh, needies, uh, more like docile and submissive de- demeanor. Yeah. She even like dictates what needy can and can't wear. She's yes. like, boobs are off limits because those are Jennifer's. And it's so like, <laughs> wear something cute. Yeah. And it's so yeah. like, to me, I'm like, oh, like I feel cute. Yeah. You know? But yeah. it's like, yeah, that whole scene when she's in front of the mirror and she's like taking stuff yeah. off and she's like, that means something really specific. Yeah. Like, but they've also kind of dangled the like queer carrot yes, in front of us yes, at this point because, yeah. you know, there's like sort of like intimate like hair touching mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah, wear something cute. And she, I think she, there's a lot of like up and down that Megan and Fox does yeah, to Needy's like, body. Yeah, she's always looking at Needy. And Needy's always looking at her. I mean, yes. there's a lot of like sexual tension yeah. that's building up right from the beginning. Yeah. And like Needy always looks at jennifer like in awe like, yes she's just so like yes enamored with yeah. her and do you remember so the i wrote when i watched this again i was like oh that's the same girl from juno it was the girl who convinces her not to get an abortion she turns around in class and she goes you're totally lesbian gay yeah and yes. i was like oh uh, uh, okay yeah. i mean <laughs> like i and and she's it was like a little bit of Asian representation, and yeah. that's the Asian. That's I was it. like, okay, that's it. Cool. <laughs> that's all. That's all you get. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. Again, we we recognize that this movie there. It's not perfect. Yeah. Um. And uh. But yeah, Jennifer. Like, but like, as much as Needy wants to appease Jennifer, Jennifer also needs, needs Needy. Needy. Yeah. And. You know, we we'll we'll get we'll get more into their relationship and how everything is like not what it seems. Yeah. Um, but they have that classic toxic friendship that um, it's it's past its expiration date. Totally. And they're just kind of holding, holding on, on, holding on to the the, the good in, parts, the good parts of it all. Yeah. Um, Jennifer takes Needy to Melody Lane Tavern, which is this local dive bar, to attend a concert by this indie rock band called Low Shoulder. Um, <laughs> Needy's already suspicious of these, like, eyeliner-wearing dudes from the city, you know, because mm-hmm. they're, like, in the middle of fucking nowhere, uh, Minnesota. Yeah. Um, but Jennifer is, like, totally smitten. She's, like... <laughs> she's, like... You can tell they're from the city. They're salivating. All, they're all stylish and shit. <laughs> but while the two friends... Uh, with the rest of the bar's patrons are watching the band play. There's like lots of like eye contact between Jennifer and the lead singer, a fire starts and it swallows the entire bar. And like, you start to see like the band is not really responding he's to the like fire. Smiling. Like, so it's he's like, like looking around, you kind of you know? know that something's going like, they yeah. know what's going on. And it's like this whole like scene unfolds where like people are dying and getting tripped and stomped on and bones are breaking and, and things are falling. Things on are people. falling on yeah. people. It's horrible. And Needy helps Jennifer escape the flames because she's in shock from the fire. Mm-hmm. And Jennifer decides to leave with the band, even though Needy tells her not to. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, like, this whole sequence of weirdness kind of unfolds. And, like, that's kind of a pivotal moment in the film. That's when their friendship, like, changes. Yes. It can never... When Jennifer gets in that van, and there's this moment where Needy and Jen, like... Lock, lock eyes. eyes. We just... Like, that. their friendship will never be the same from this point on. Yeah. Um... But, like, kind of going back, like, into the beginning of the scene when they're going to Melanie Lane, like, again, that's where, yeah, like, 
there's some lines in this in this particular scene that's they're like bad. they're so bad and it's just like did it really age well uh very of the time unfortunately a lot of references of queer slurs and like insensitive language to people with like disabilities and learning disabilities and also um, like the only like non-white kid yeah in the whole it. yeah the whole film it feels like yeah she's like i always wanted to try a sea cucumber yeah, like she's referencing like thinking like is he uncircumcised yeah is he circumcised or uncircumcised yeah ew yeah it's it's really great like (laughs) yeah like we we learn very quick that yeah jennifer is not like she's not a nice person she's got some soul searching to do for sure yeah yes and um i also just kind of love like i don't know i there's there's this particular line in in this scene where Jennifer's like, I think the band needs two groupies. And she, like, pulls. Yeah. And she's, like, just trying to invite her in and yeah. to, like, have her have some fun. And Nina's like, no, no, like, yeah. no, we'll do it. And, I, and there's a line that says, don't be so JV, needy. They're just boys. Morsels. We have all the power. Don't you know that? These things. And she, like, grabs Needy's boobs. She's like, these things? These are, like, smart bombs, okay? You point them in the right direction and shit gets real. I just, I don't, I don't have, I don't know what to say to that. And, and, uh, but, like, there's this all this tender moment, like, after that really, like, jarring, weird moment where, like, they hold hands. I know. And you just feel, like, Needy and Jennifer are, mm-hmm. like, like, there's so, there's a lot of love between there them is. and yeah, attraction I... and, but, but you also know, like, it's an unequal relationship and it's, there, you know that there's something wrong. Totally, yeah. Because, yeah, Jennifer, like, grabs Nee's hand and she's, like, smiling. She's yeah. just, like, having such a great time and, like, you can see that Needy, like, feels that love from Jennifer, yeah. you know? And it's just, like, again, she's just so enamored with her that, oh, my God, Jennifer's holding my hand, right. you know? And, right. like, and but then she lets go and then because Jennifer is now, her attention is now specifically on the band and needy kind of like not she isn't like nothing nothing like uh significant happens but like her demeanor does kind of like it kind of like dwindles Falls a little, a little yeah. bit yeah um well the the band i mean they go up to the band and it's like these like dreamy emo like scene dudes that oh, we I would mean, have just been like fawning over I mean, at the this time is 2009 yeah. this was like uh <laughs> the the standard you know like yeah like these nerdy, fallout boy yeah, panic these, like, at the disco these, like skinny little white, white boys dudes. with eyeliner and like have some edge to them yeah yeah um but yeah at some point nini does overhear that you know they're 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 talking about jennifer and not like the most like kindness <laughs> and ilk, you know? yeah <laughs> and uh and nini like goes right up to him and tries to like stick up to like stick up for jennifer and because they're questioning her virginity and like they don't know if she is or is not and nini thinking she I mean, and, and it's what Jennifer does, too, yeah. like, later down the line. Like, we, we, we find out, like, what happens. Yeah. But NeNe thinks that she's doing, she's, like, sticking up for a friend. And, and like, like, getting them to, like, bug yeah, off. Like, yeah, and saying, like, yeah, she is a virgin, so, like, fucking leave her you alone. You don't want her, yeah. basically. Yeah. And, they, it, yeah, I think, like, Jennifer, 
like she tells Jennifer and you expect like Jennifer to be like, oh, wow. Like, like oh, gross. Yeah, like, I'm going to. Oh. But she leans in and she yeah. doesn't listen to Needy. Well, she's like in the scene, she feel she like looks like she, Jennifer's kind of entranced. Like oh, before, totally. Before the fire starts, she, she's like being mystified yeah. somehow by these fucking dudes. And and it's so sad because Needy. When they get out of the bar and fucking, uh, I think his name's Nikolai, but um, Adam Brody, mm-hmm. his character's kind of, he like has a cocktail in his hand. He's like, oh, I've been trying to look for you guys. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. Oh. He like pours like, it down her I'm, throat. I'm like, I'm like in survivor mode right yeah. now. I want to go to a place of comfort. Go, come to my van. And Nini's like, no, we do not need to do that. And Jennifer's just like, I want to go to the van. Yeah, let's go. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Jennifer's in shock and she's mm-hmm. not like. Obviously not thinking straight. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Needy uh, is just like, no, Jennifer. And like, this is the first time we see Jennifer like kind of vulnerable, vulnerable. But she like kind of snaps at Needy and is like, Needy, just stop. Shut up. Like, because Needy's being very like concerned and just like over the top, like not, and not over top, but like to Jennifer, she's just do- she's being a lot and she's like not being quote-unquote cool and like jennifer just tells her like you need to shut up like i'm leaving like stop it like Mm -hmm. stop embarrassing me Mm -hmm. you know and then yeah then they lock eyes and then like that's it you You know just yeah i feel like you kind of know something bad's about to happen to jennifer yeah and you really i think you feel for both of them in that moment like both of their vulnerabilities with these men yeah that are coercing them mm-hmm. and like really taking advantage of the situation yeah and i i i like wrote in there that it it was kind of that moment was a little bit triggering because you know it made me think of like date rape mm-hmm. drugs yeah. and when you're under the influence of those you can be very suggestible mm-hmm. and easily manipulated mm-hmm. easily like moved like physically your body moved taken away from like where y- your friends are or the party or whatever it mm-hmm. is um and i just it it felt super gross yeah that these men were like had this plan and they were predators mm-hmm. on these like teenage girls mm-hmm. and got away with it totally and yeah i mean we'll kind of get more into like more of who Jennifer is, but it's like, unfortunately, Jennifer's like self worth and confidence comes from male attention. Yeah, and so it's like just this perfect storm. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, and it's really fucked up and sad what what actually happens yeah. to her. Yeah. Um, but later that evening, uh, you know, Needy gets home and uh, a J- Jennifer appears in her kitchen. She is disoriented. She's covered in blood. Um, she, like, kind of scamps to the kitchen and attempts to eat a rotisserie chicken in, like, the most disgusting golem-like way. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, a rotisserie chicken. Oh, so delicious. Costco. Oh, dude. Sorry. <laughs> Jeremy and I went to Costco uh, this past weekend, and we bought a rotisserie chicken. Uh, we were going we to use it for something, you know, because rotisserie chickens are, like... They're very versatile. You yeah. don't have to just like eat them. You can put them in soups. Mm-hmm. You can put them in enchiladas, whatever. But we like had the rotisserie chicken in the car and we had, because it was cold, we had like the heater on and our whole vehicle was smelling like rotisserie chicken. How did you not just no, dig in right it was, there? Because we were like, oh, we know, oh, that rotisserie chicken. <laughs> we know it's there. 
we can smell it and it's going to be delicious later wait my precious um but anyways uh yeah so jen eats this rotisserie chicken and uh you know, Nini's just trying to ask questions. She's just trying to see if, like, Jennifer's okay. She obviously, like, sees her friend is, like, not well. Well, and- also, like, I feel like there's a trope in here with, like, the the parents or the mom who's always on, like, weird night shift yeah. work. So, like, her mom's, a, I think, a nurse or something. I don't really know what her mom's something about, that- but she's got, like, a graveyard shift. Yeah, and I, I think that's always, like, an interesting way that they can have weird shit happen yeah Yeah. or it's like okay like how how is this happening right now yeah um but you know needy's trying to like uh like console jennifer but jennifer immediately vomits uh she spews out this like black spiky bile all over it like and it's alive it's so creepy and practical effects for that it was yeah uh, chocolate syrup really yeah oh that's why yeah yeah um and uh yeah she throws up all over nini all over her kitchen floor and um there's this like weird exchange because jennifer like yeah she gets very aggressive and she tries to bite nini in the neck but flees and lady nini's just like left in disbelief and it's just like what the like totally traumatized totally i feel super like and i think that's kind of the I mean, I think there was either, I think before she changed, Jennifer, like, pushed Needy. Mm -hmm. And so she's, she's very aggressive, aggressive. And, and, and in this scene too, she like pushes Needy to where she like hits the, the the doorway. And so like this like physical assault in, in addition to this like emotional assault is, is very prevalent. And and that's what Jennifer unfortunately has over needy because needy in at this time is still very, in a sense, very small. Yeah. Meek. Very quiet. And Jennifer obviously has this like huge personality that her way to dominate needy and to like, put her in her place is is sometimes physical yeah and yes we have seen that uh, like once or twice before this scene that jen is aggressive and but i just really love like in this scene when needy's walking around trying to figure out what the where the noises are coming from her house i kind of love that um you know because like there's the tropes of like they open the door and you like are like, oh my god, is she right behind there? Yeah. And then they close it and yeah. she's not there and you're like, oh, yeah. okay, I, could, I could breathe. And like, she's kind of walking around and so like, you kind of forget and then it kind of gets you in a moment where you're like, okay, we're fine. And then like, you turn around and there's Jennifer just like staring mm-hmm. at Nini and she's not blinking and then she has this like really sinister smile mm-hmm. and then she just kind of whips around and like go get the snack and yeah but the way she's eating it it's just like she's crouching down she's like ripping it and she's like trying to put it in her mouth and yeah it's um i mean to her credit she tried yeah she tried to not eat boys first she tried well i guess that's not true rotisserie chickens are yeah i guess guess that's not true well i think it's i think it's afterwards i think it's after she sees needy then that then has, she goes and mm-hmm. then, then okay. that happens well she tried she tried <laughs> um and yeah the uh but yeah you wrote um you know like cleaning up someone's mess metaphorically yeah. 
and physically, I think that's a really good point that you yeah. made there. Because, yeah, Needy's just left with all this, like, black shit all over her floor in mm-hmm. the kitchen. And her mom's not home. And she's, yeah. like, traumatized from this fire and her best friend. And she's now, like, left le- with, this. with this mess. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, she's cleaning up Jennifer's mess. Yeah. Like, without, I mean, probably even knowing what she's doing. But yeah. she's doing it. Yeah. Have you ever had to encounter something like that? Like, like black bile? No. <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, maybe it could have been. I don't know your life sometimes. <laughs> uh, no, like, have you ever had to be that person to, like, clean up after somebody? Like, whether it was physically yeah. or, like, I think or, it, like, like a yeah. de-escalate a situation? Yes. But I think mostly in terms of making excuses mm-hmm. for the other person for other people's sake. Yeah. I'm thinking of my father. Oh, uh, won't get into it, but I got some daddy issues. And uh, yeah, my dad was really good at pissing people off Mm -hmm. and being like an uncomfortable person to be around. And I got used to learning how to make excuses for this person. Um, Yeah, that's just one example off the top. But yeah. This is a fun story, Serena. (laughs) This is a fun movie. Fun movie. Um, I mean, yeah. It's, it's just um, fun. <laughs> Sorry. But the next thing at school, uh, while remembering a childhood memory of them as kids, Needy is so relieved to see Jennifer, who appears to be like totally okay at school. She's like glowy. Oh, she looks great. Yeah. Um, and Jennifer dismisses Needy's concerns and is like aggressively apathetic about mm-hmm. the fire tragedy. Yes. She's she doesn't give a fuck. She doesn't not give a fuck. Yeah. Um, and taking advantage of one of the school's grieving football players, Jonas. Jonas um, Jennifer lures him into the woods outside of campus with the promise of sex and then disembowels him instead. Yeah, that scene, that moment where like you like it's happening yeah. and then it like zooms back because yeah, they're in they're in like campus yeah. property and uh, oh, I forget what uh, J.K. Simon, the teacher, the teacher yeah. he's just like, yeah, let, let it out, out. Let it all out. And it's just Jonas screaming for his life. <laughs> like to me, like I, that's what I, I like about this film. It knows when to put the little things of comedy to just yeah. kind of like bring us back a little bit yeah. and like not take itself really seriously. But I understand like in this scene why male audiences would probably be like yeah, because like she's using the same moves mm-hmm. on men yeah. that men use on women. Yes. And They'll lure them in. You you know, like the lying and the mm-hmm. gaslighting and the like, you know, the spell that mm-hmm. you can put under, you know, back to that like date rape yeah. drug. And, you know, as like this succubus, <sighs> she's putting a spell on these guys. Yeah. Um, and I, I, yeah, I think that's why men feel super uncomfortable watching this because it just like taps into something super subversive that women aren't supposed to be doing. Yeah. And it's having power mm-hmm. over men. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was interesting because like you know, we just assume like Nini just had like a really long night and she's like feeling really confused about stuff. And, you know, she has that, she has that shit underneath her nails and like, she knows it happened. Like she's not crazy. No. And she's having this moment, this flashback. And I think it's probably like when her, I have a sense it's like when her, it's sandbox love, like it's, it's this moment. And there's this, uh, memory that Needy has where um, it's Jen saying like I want to be perfect prom Betty and you can be her <laughs> ugly and Ashley. She's like why do I have to be ugly <laughs> Ashley? And then 
something happens to Jen, like she gets like a little tack in her yeah. in her hand, and Needy helps her, and she like, you know, again. When you're little, you're not aware of, like, blood-borne <laughs> pathogens or, like, you probably shouldn't be doing this. But she, like, licks the blood off of Jennifer's hand. Yeah. And Jennifer's like, please don't tell my mom or else I'm going to have to get shot. And it's Nia saying, like, I'll never tell on you. Yeah. So she's having this, like, I think this is when Needy starts to, like, it's her first little moment of, like, breaking, like, kind of consciously realizing, like, oh, I, like, need to maybe break away from Jennifer. Yeah. Like, this is... This is all really intense. I don't know what happened last also, night. Also, secret secrets. Like, but yeah, and yeah, but then, yeah, not telling on your friends, yeah. you know, and like... When she licked the blood off of her hand, I was reminded of this, like, very formative post I saw on Tumblr back in the day that was like, I was childhood friends with this girl who was obsessed with horses. Like, she was such a horse girl. <laughs> and one day, I fell and hurt myself and cut my knee open. And this horse girl ran up to me and she said, Pegasus tears heal wounds. And she cried into <gasps> my wound. <laughs> that is like so precious, but. <laughs> that was me as a child. You put your Pegasus tears into someone's scraped up knee? Um, yeah, it, not in so many words, but yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, this is also when uh, Jennifer, like, like, this is when you're like, okay, this person's just like a fucking asshole because, yeah, they're like in class and um, the teacher's just trying to like, hey, last night events were horrific. A lot of people died and, you know, Jennifer is just continuously degrading Needy uh, and telling her, like, she has a tendency to overreact while Needy's just trying to ask her questions of, like, what happened last night? Are you okay? What happened? She's just like, you're overreacting. Like, like stop, you know. The gaslighting. And, yeah, and her, like, lack of interest towards people who just died at the same place that she was at. Um, like, Needy's just trying to be like, people died. Like, and there's this moment she's like, was it anyone we knew? And she's like, we know everybody. <laughs> and then Jen is just like, sucks to be them, I guess. Yeah. And it's just like, <clears throat> Needy confronts her. And then Jennifer just persists to like, just like downplay and like degrade Needy. And, you know, it's very, like you said, very gaslighting. Yeah. I mean, when, and especially when she shows the fingernails, it's like, yeah. She's not like, she's like, not believing her own eyes. Yeah. And Jennifer is convincing her, like, not to believe your own eyes. Yeah. Or just like, whatever. I, I, that's not my problem. Yeah. And then, yeah, the way Jennifer reacts to the teacher announcing the deaths associated with the school. And he's just like, you know, we can't let the fire win. But then Jennifer says, the fire already won. <laughs> just like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. It is a lot. Uh, but anyways, you know, like the bell rings or whatever, and they're walking around, and then we get introduced to Colin Gray, which was like my high school Achilles heel. Yeah. Ooh, you like those, The what do you call those? Jinko jeans? Those oh, really baggy. <laughs> I mean, I can't. They're back in. They are, but I can't. Again, I can't judge because I was of the same era where same. I thought the fucking poncho, uh, camel toe, uh, like flowy pants 
I forget what the do you know what I'm talking Palazzo about? Palazzo pants? Palazzo pants. Like the flowy ones? Yeah, but you can like fold down. Oh yeah. Yeah, the Palazzo very, pants. Uh, yep. Very up in there. Yeah. Yeah, those were not I mean so, you know, tomato tomato on that one. <laughs> but no, Colin Green to me is just like he's so like dark yeah, and mysterious, mysterious and deep yeah. and you know like i i was like you know a, smitten kitten i was like the art girl you know and i had a lot of those boys in my art classes and they were really nice to talk to and like very sweet and you know sensitive yeah and so like i see colin and i'm just like oh yeah hey, there you are <laughs> but like back in the forest like after she like seduces jonas in like before <gasps> oh, she kills yeah. him um she is a freak um (laughs) but like she's doing this whole bit where she's like putting his hand on her boob basically Mm -hmm. and being like feel my heart jonas i think it's broken broken. and like all these animals start to gather like around them in the the forest yeah (laughs) and he's they're like making out and he's like looking around he's like what's going on and she's like they're waiting yeah and i was like oh okay so like yeah jennifer is one of the animals and I thought, like, you know, after the principal or the teacher goes back to, like, investigate the scream and he finds... The fucking deer. The deer. This, like, like, innocent, unassuming little deer just, like, snack. eating an intestine. Yeah, no big deal. Chomp, chomp. Yeah. I thought that was, like, a really good symbol yeah. for, like, like the unassuming, innoc- like, innocent teenage girl, but also, like, having this power and this ability to, like, do this horrible, gross thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... I don't know. The the way some things are shot in this movie are really fun too. Again, it's just like just a callback of like let's just let's just make it campy. Let's just make it fun cuz right before, you know, Jonas dies, we see him like gloating on the football field and we see Jennifer like she's so far and but we see her walking yeah and it's just like this heavy rock music. <laughs> I mean, the the soundtrack in this movie is it's really pretty fun. good, yeah. And like, you see her really far away and then just cuts to Jonas and then she, like, pops up on the other side of him and was like, hi! And he's like, <laughs> like, he, like, gets freaked out because yeah. he, he saw her walking from the other side mm-hmm. and, like, how did she get there so quickly? Like, I, I just love, like, those little, those little, like, speckles yeah. of fun. Because he's just like, oh, but boobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so... In a post-meal glow, Jennifer calls Needy uh, to glow about how she's feeling really good and, like, she's indestructible. Needy's not feeling the same. And this is also kind of, like, the weird dynamics with their relationship because Jennifer does not like it that Needy is giving Chip attention. And she always tries to do these, like, little things to kind of, like, um, provoke Needy. Like, Jennifer always says, like, Chip's looking really cute to me. Kind of threatened her a little bit. yeah. And, you know, Nini's just like, well, I'm going to meet Chip. Bye. Like, sorry. Um, and sh- they find out that Jonas has been murdered. Um, and then because of, like, this horrific fire and now there's, like, you know, one of the s- school star football players has died, um, their town now makes national news. And, again, it's just, like, more back and forth with, like, Jennifer not being, like, a really nice person. Needy trying to, you know just having some sort of more sense of what's happening and is very concerned. Um, but then like, you know, sometimes also national news coverage takes advantages of small town stories like this just to sell news and to profit off of it. Yeah. Um, a month later, Jennifer is looking a little bit off and detached from reality. Um, it is announced that the band low shoulder 
through their falsely rumored heroism during the fire, offers to make a charity appearance at the school's spring former. Uh, Needy publicly shames the band um, in front of her classmates, just calling out like they didn't do shit and do shit um, and isn't the prom like isn't it called like through the trees isn't yes, that the theme yeah it's the yeah. theme oh, and there's like this like the song through the trees oh, is like, like the so anthem out, and it's just for like, this tragedy yeah um and uh yeah so she like needy publicly shames the band uh you know just kind of calls out their crassness and her classmates dismiss her um and then jennifer accepts like kind of an on date invitation from our boy Colin who uh brutally gets killed um and simultaneously needy and her boy like when when Colin is being like massacred in yeah. a sense uh Needy and her boyfriend Chip are having sex, and they're they have a really cute consensual relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like you could tell it's just like they're really comfortable with each other, like that whole scene when he's like about to put the condom on and like needy is watching you know like i can relate to that because <laughs> like because you're just like so curious and you like want to know what's, what's that going on. yeah oh How, well, how'd you do that you, you know, know i i did want to bring up though like i felt a little bit weird during that scene mm. while like Jennifer is just like eviscerating Colin uh-huh. and Needy has her spidey senses yes. and she's feeling like what's going on yeah. with Jennifer and Colin while she's having sex with Chip mm-hmm. because you know yeah they are like a very cute like consensual couple but then there's this weird moment where they're having sex and it like Needy is very uncomfortable and not into what's happening to her but Chip is just like well because she's sensing, like, there's that whole moment where she's looking up at the ceiling and, like, there's blood being dripped yeah. on her. And then she sees, like, corpse Jonas and, like, Jennifer all like Yeah, that, she's you know? not having a good time. Well, but- yeah, and, and it's because, yeah, they have this sort of, like, kinetic connection. Yeah. And so she's feeling what Jen is doing. And when Jennifer is, like killing colin essentially she's like she she reads out like i need you frightened yeah i need you hopeless yeah and while you know needy and colin are having sex like needy is like saying hopeless hopeless you know and yeah there's like it's not like the greatest it's not like it's not I mean, it's sad because Colin thinks he's doing a really well, good yeah, job. Yeah, and it's like, that's why I felt like it was like this kind of like play on consent a little bit. Well, he does. Oh, sorry. Like he's, he's not, like this isn't, like he, he isn't necessarily doing anything wrong. But He like, asks her, did I hurt you? What's going on? But she's like, she feels uncomfortable to say what's actually going on and yeah. to say that she's like not having a, a good time right now. Well, yeah. And there's the, there's an argument that like, you know. Needy isn't really like into Chip, you know? Yeah. Because she's so because Jennifer is actually like the apple of her right, eye. right. And maybe that and and not necessarily just Chip, but she's just not interested in anyone else. Yeah. You know, like they keep kind of throwing these little like, why do you talk to Colin? She's yeah. like, he's cool. He's like, cooler we, than Chip. Yeah, I like his writing. <laughs> you know, like it's just friendship. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, with Colin's death, I mean, this is like the third pretty insane thing to happen to this town yeah and i just felt like there was kind of a um 
something to be said about like grief fatigue. Yes. And when you have something that, oh, in our society, like mass shootings happening all the time, celebrities being outed for like assaulting women, you know, it just happened. We're not um, surprised. Yeah. And we're all just kind of like tired of the bad news and Mm -hmm. it becomes normalized. And I just felt like that was kind of a like a subtle cool thing that they did yeah. in the film where like the town has normalized all of this bad shit mm-hmm. and they're just like accepting it as their identity. Yeah. 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 I'm like, oh, well. Yeah. It is what like, it is. It is what it is. But when Needy gets home that night, she finds Jennifer in her bed. Yes. And I really, like this is one of my favorite moments in the film. Um, the two kiss mm-hmm. until Needy is just like, what the fuck are we doing yeah like, Jennifer's like oh my god needy i've never heard you drop that uh-huh it's <laughs> like okay but can we address like what's happening yeah what what are you doing yeah and then jennifer finally explains what happened to her that night of the fire but she does it in such a fucking flippant way where she is just like very like very much downplaying the severity and the trauma that she went through totally um and so like back backtracking to when the fire happened and they took her in the van the band is thinking that she was a virgin Mm -hmm. based off of what needy told her and what jennifer even told them um so the band low shoulder has taken her to the devil's kettle waterfall to offer her to satan in exchange for fame and fortune uh and despite that ritual um Despite that, the ritual worked for the band, so they, you know, gain all of this fame with this deal with the devil. But Jennifer not being an actual virgin, it kind of, like, backfires a little bit. On her. On her, and results in her becoming demonically possessed. Mm -hmm. Um, And after the band's horrific act, Jennifer awoke and became, like, hungry, and that's where she eats Amit. And, um, yeah. And she, like, intended to eat meaning and all that. So we're kind of caught up, but, like, she kind of recounts this trauma and i mean she like this scene is awful it's it's fucking horrific it's awful and you've i think only no i i'm not gonna i'm not yeah i just feel like there are a lot of fears that us as women have and yeah sexual assault is like very front of mind yes and specifically the thing that is just like this whole entire scene of like her in the van and her getting them bringing her out to the woods. It's like she's trying to be like trying to like she like kind of realizes like the situation she put herself in. She 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 got into that van. We can't we can't like deny yeah. that. But she's now realizing the mistake and she's kind of looking around, sizing up and no one's talking to her mm-hmm. and she there's just this sense of like all the men are kind of like looking at her you know and she just like asks like are you guys and she 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 she, she like tries to ask like a little question mm-hmm. and um nikolai adam brody's character is like oh no 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 you don't have to talk right you don't have to talk right and then she's like uh are you guys rapists and his response is like oh I, I hate, hate girls. girls yeah and it's just like it's so dehumanizing yeah. and it's just like you you as a viewer like this is the situation is fucked and it's yeah. not going to end well and like this is 
a very unsafe place to right. be. It brought me back to like even now with like Andrew Tate's of the world mm. who are like high value men and treating women like shit and you know like they're just a prize to be not even one, like, you should be, like, so grateful to have me, you know, whatever. But, like, that sort of, like, God, I hate girls. It's like, yeah. these men don't even like women. Yes. Like, yeah. like, a lot, I just feel like so many men out there hate women, mm-hmm. even even if they're, like, seeking them or want to be with one. Like, they just hate, they hate us. Yeah. And, mm. yeah. Yeah, the sacrifice scene is really intense because, like, as she is like crying yeah. and she's in tears begging and, for and yeah. again this is just like you really like the uh, fucking Megan Fox like yeah. you just you really feel this she moment. did a good job and um the men are just laughing at her they're being so barbaric yeah. and they're even singing at her because right. they're like oh wait wait what's your like he fucking printed out this ritual on a piece of paper <laughs> and he's like we're here today to sacrifice the body of, oh, what's your name, Tiffany? She's like, my name's Jennifer. And he's like, oh. And he's like, oh, Jennifer, Jenny. And they start singing. And it's just like, it's, it's, it's disgusting. It's brutal. You feel really bad for her in yeah, this scene. And-, and like, I know she like ate our boy Amit, but like, I still felt bad for her. And like, she is a product of her environment yeah. in this sense, like being like brutally murdered, kidnapped yeah. and like taken by these men mm-hmm. and like just like totally barbaric yeah it fucked her up yeah and megan fox has been like recently been really open about you know where where did that come from yeah you know, where where did where did where did you go yeah when this was happening yeah. and she said like this was literally a metaphor of what I was dealing with with movie producers, with certain directors on certain sets I was on. Yeah. Like, she was such a her her image was such just it was the only value that people made her that people were literally willing to bleed her dry, willing to sacrifice her and not take her physical or well being like seriously. Yeah. And this is what they were willing to do. So yeah. she just like she was in that moment at the time, and she just like really just like went into it yeah and you feel it yeah but like as she's recounting this to needy like back in their bedroom um and also like that that kiss moment they had mm-hmm. i mean needy kisses her it's back so tender. it's very tender yeah and it made me think about like the moment they're in and where they are in space in mm-hmm. minnesota like yeah. queerness gayness is probably not accepted in devil's kettle minnesota mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so i felt like a lot of people accuse this film of queer baiting and like, you know, just like using the sort of like, quote unquote, like lesbian relationship to just pull people in. But I thought that that, that was actually intentionally written into the film and maybe like a metaphor for like the tabooness mm-hmm. of being interested in your best friend who yeah. happens to be a girl and like living in a place where that's not acceptable socially well and that i mean yeah that's true too like just relationships are complicated yeah and if you don't if you never explore those boundaries you know if one person is feeling some other way but if both people are feeling kind of some kind of way and you don't you don't test that out like you just never know yeah because like yeah there totally could have been a moment written where jennifer 
you know, because Jennifer initiates the kiss mm-hmm. and then Needy kisses her back. Like, there could have been a moment of where, like, Needy was like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? Like, get off of me, you right. know? But that didn't happen in this movie. That's right. not how this was supposed to be written. And yeah, I mean, they are just so intertwined in each other's lives and they do yeah. love each other. And yeah, I don't. I, I don't feel like this was kind of like, yeah, dangling a carrot, of, yeah. you know, of some kind of like, oh, are they or are yeah. they not? It's but like, it talked about, tab- like, this would be considered taboo oh, totally. behavior, especially, yeah, yeah, especially in 2009 on, like, a big, like, hit movie like this. Totally. Like, we're not used to seeing yeah. queer th- kissing, queer yeah. intimacy. And I think that's probably where the mismarketing on this, too, because yeah. they dangled this carrot of, like, Oh, there's gonna be two hot girls who are gonna make it. And, and it's it's actually quite intimate and tender yeah. that I feel like men who can't went or anyone who went to go <laughs> see this movie with like, oh fuck, yeah, let's see these two girls kiss. There's just so much that has already happened leading yeah. up to this moment that it's like, oh wait, hold on. Uh, <laughs> this isn't the movie we were promised. Yeah. Sorry, Chad. <laughs> Whatever. Um uh oh yeah i lost my place so we're you know needy understands what's going on and jennifer is like but look like i'm strong Mm -hmm. i'm indestructible and it's kind of cool because i think this is where the trope of like the virgin kind of gets like flipped on its head a little bit because jennifer not being a virgin actually in a way saved her yeah and it made her more powerful yeah um for good i don't know but like that's not for me to decide but you You don't think that in a way it could be read as like she was punished um i don't think that way Mm. i think because jennifer is her personality is already really aggressive she's you know in a sense uh, in her own way a very confident person and that her getting this like uh uh this like this demon inside of her she kind of like you know she doesn't have a rule book how yeah. to handle this right but she takes it in a way where it's like oh i it's enhancing how i want to feel mm-hmm. and how i want to look and i feel indestructible med- may- maybe like physically but also metaphorically yeah. like i don't give a shit about but that's the world how most men feel like yeah. when they walk through the world it's like and why can't why can't a woman feel that way ex- that is the threat yeah right that's the threat and um this is where this movie is also like you know revenge fantasy yeah because she is going after boys maybe not all not the boys who deserve it but she's just like you know <laughs> fucking you you yeah you did this to me capital men yeah, yeah. and i'm i'm just gonna fucking eat you yeah. and i'm gonna be better in a way <laughs> good for her it. honestly yeah good good for her um but yeah like they kind of have this like weird uh moment where you know jennifer is just being like again She's so threatened by Needy in some way that she just has to, like, again, taunt her, like, hey, I'm feeling really good about myself. And you know what? Your little boyfriend, Chip, um, uh, you know. He's looking real real tasty. Yeah. And, like, and then she kind of, you know, Needy's asking too many questions to Jen. So she's also like, hey, like, we're all really concerned about you. Like you probably need to like talk to someone about these disturbing thoughts that you're yeah. having. Cause, cause Jen doesn't want to get into it. She just wants to tell Nini like, this is why it's happening. I'm feeling great. 
you're either with me or you're against me. And Nini's just trying to be curious. And she's like, what do you mean when you when you're full? And she's just like, "Uh, okay, we're we're not going to talk about this anymore. Yeah, we're we're done. Yeah. And yeah, she dangles Chip again in front of her. And so Nini is just like, "Okay, well, I I know where to go to find my answers now. So she fucking goes to the library. School library. Yeah, to the occult section. And I love it says she goes. Or it's she's like trying to recount yeah. to Chip like what's happening. She's yeah. like Jennifer is evil, like actually evil, not high school, evil. not high school evil. Yeah. And she's like, I was in the occult section, and Chip <laughs> goes, Our library has an occult section, and she's like, Yeah, it's really small. <laughs> it's so good. Um, yeah, like you, yeah, like uh, she just like learns all about what a succubus is and how to kill it. And Chip is like, Okay, um, needy, you're you need some mental health help. Yeah, maybe? like I'm, I, and then again, it's it's literally what Jen said. Like I'm worried yeah. about you. Yeah, and needy knowing that like kind of she's not dumb she's putting the pieces together she knows that like jennifer is going after boys and she keeps bringing up chip's name and like trying to protect him yeah and she and just yeah literally she's like um i feel like it's just not safe for us to be together anymore like uh, i i can't i can't explain that even can't go to prom with you but you don't go to prom yeah because i don't want you to get hurt but i'm gonna go i'm gonna go because i'm gonna you know keep an go eye fast, on things because yeah. she says something like you know jen's gonna jen's gonna go and have like a fucking buffet yeah. like moment at this like spring fling dance yeah um but unfortunately you know things just don't always work out the way you want it to because uh jennifer kind of intercepts chip on the way to the dance and that was a spooky scene yeah because you're like what are you doing she just like comes out of the mist yeah. like your lady helen on the what's her name Helen Miller. Sarah Miller. Sarah Miller on the Helen horse. Yeah. Hey. Nay. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, Jennifer like intercepts and is tr- like she we know what she, we know what she's doing. She's manipulating Chip, bringing down his walls and like saying lies. Yeah, that to him. Needy and Colin were actually like intimate intimate yeah so they were intimate like okay no 16 year old girl we would say like they were banging they were bony i don't know so many other words but whatever and so like and and this has been like kind of this little weird little sprinkle because like chip we we know that chip kind of in a way doesn't like that needy is like talking to colin or like his friends with him he always kind of brings him up mm-hmm. you know it's just like oh your friend colin a little insecure about so, it like, jennifer knows what buttons to push and how how to put things together to to like uh manipulate a narrative and so they like jennifer like tells him like oh i've actually always had feelings for you and like blah 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 and they start making out and uh Needy again has her little spidey senses and she knows something's going on. Mm-hmm. She can like she touches her lips, she knows something's mm-hmm. happening, she knows Jennifer is at like with Chip. Mm-hmm. And so Jen like takes Chip to this like really dank, abandoned, swampy it was pool tight, house. Though. I was like, I wish yeah, I, I had in, that in my I'm town. In like, I would break in there all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. She's like, let's like, go maybe, swimming. Maybe open a door because it's probably like a little stinky in there. A little froggy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like you know, uh, there's a moment, too, where uh, Chip and Jennifer are making out. And, like, Jennifer asks Chip to tell him that she's better than Needy. Yeah. And he's like, wait, what? No. And she's just like, oh, never, you know, like, never mind. And so when they get to, um, when they get to the pool house and they're just kind of sitting there and, you know, Jennifer goes to, like, kiss Chip again. He, like, realizes, like, no, like, 
this is not right. This is not okay. And because Chip rejects Jennifer because he loves Needy and she's not Needy and that's Jennifer's whole problem mm-hmm. is she's just so she's it's interesting because I feel like they both are insecure of each other. Yeah. They make each other feel like degraded. And, and that's a bad friendship yes, matchup there. Yes, exactly. If you're like feeding each other's insecurities and making them worse and mm-hmm. yeah that's not a good yeah lift lift each other up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but so uh jen pushes chip into the pool and she's like starting to like fling him around and like trying to attack him and needy's like running closer to the pool house she 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 sees uh jen like biting eating like chip in the neck he's like and, half dead at yeah, that point yeah he's like needy he like <laughs> looks at her and she like jumps in the pool mm-hmm. and like tackles jennifer and there is this kind of funny exchange because um you know like chip was like oh my god i should have believed you and you know Needy's kind of looking around looking in the pool and jen uh there's there's a moment uh, before all this like uh chip's mom gives him a pepper spray mm-hmm. and he's like i don't need that mm-hmm. and the mom is like there's someone out there killing teenage boys. Yeah. Like, shut the fuck up. You Take, need this. You need this. Yeah. And it and it, and they do use mm-hmm. it. And she like sprays Jen right in the face. Mm-hmm. That black we see that black file mm-hmm. again. And uh she kind of like levitates up into the air and uh Chip is like, she can fly and he's like, she's just hovering. It's, it's not that impressive. It's not that impressive. And then Jen's just like, God, you have to undermine everything that I do. You're such a player hater. Um <laughs> And then they get out of the pool, and Nini is like, "You're a jerk." And <laughs> Jeff goes, "Wow, nice insult, Hannah Montana. You got any more harsh dicks reading each other to film." Yeah, and I mean, there is there is a sense of this cathartic moment that is finally happening between these two people who shouldn't be yeah. together, and they're just kind of they're laying it all into yeah. each other and Nini especially is like really giving it to Jen she's yeah. just like why did you need Chip was it to piss me off or are you really that insecure and Jen's like wow Ooh, that triggers her oh, she's like I am not, not insecure I was the snow queen she's like <laughs> yeah, yeah two years ago when you're socially relevant I'm still socially relevant and she like call I mean it's sad because she like calls her out on yeah. uh, you know maybe an eating disorder that yeah. that Jen might have and Jennifer is just like fucking done she's like i'm going to eat your soul and shit you out Lindsky. and she's like and then, then another iconic line i thought you only murdered boys and she goes i, I go both, both ways. ways it's in our theme music it is it is um but then you know as jen is about to eat needy uh chip comes in last minute you know great and like sticks jen with a pool ski a skimmer and you know Jen being Jen, you know, she just got, you know, she just needs to have the last word. And she goes, um, do you got a tampon? And Nini kind of like looks at her and she goes, thought I'd ask. You seem like you <laughs> might be plucky. <laughs> Dude, think. that was uh, the unhinged dialogue oh, in this movie. Um, <laughs> but just to like fast forward, Chip yes. dies. Yeah, by And Chip. Jennifer is like wounded and she runs away and because she didn't get to eat she's kind of yeah weak. she's fading yeah yeah she's not full um and like she has this little moment with chip and it's it's kind of sweet but it's also it's like sad, sad and, yeah because yeah. he just like kind of like 
he's like, oh, I should have believed you, yeah. you know? And then yeah. he goes, you looked really pretty. And she's like, you're delusional because the dress <laughs> Covered in, like, wearing. sewage. But her dress she was wearing, it's, it's... It was so 80s and bad and fluffy yeah, and gross. Like, not, it was not 2009. It wasn't cute. Yeah. <laughs> But she, uh, we kind of like circle back to the beginning of the movie because we saw Jen like kind of looking a little unwell in her bed at the beginning. He's narrating. Yeah. And um, she's back in her house and she's angry and Needy like bursts through the window and like attacks her like full throated. She's just like, you fucking killed my boyfriend. Oh, she says best friends forever, huh? You killed my fucking boyfriend, you goddamn monster, you dumb bitch and like jennifer's like oh <laughs> it's on yeah yeah and, and you know like needy learned that she's got to like stab her through the heart yeah. right so she's like trying to get her um and like get the dagger in the right place yeah, her box cutter right yeah the- <laughs> she's like do you know what this is it's a it's for boxes she's like oh great you get do you get all your weapons from home depot <laughs> you're so butched <laughs> <laughs> like these lines aren't killing me um but like Jennifer bites Needy's neck in yeah. the struggle and you're like, oh, I wonder what that's going to do. Yeah. Um, and then the, 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 the pivotal moment is when Needy rips Jennifer's like half of her best friend necklace off of her neck. Yeah, because they both have the same necklace. And I loved that shot yeah. where it's like the slow-mo because Jennifer has like levitated yeah. them and now they're both like falling back and the, like the necklace yeah. is, rips off. It's so good. I mean, yeah. that was really good filmmaking right yeah. there. Um, and then Needy stabs her in the heart. Well, she like falls on her yeah killing her and destroying the demon inside jennifer and you can see jennifer's face change like from this unwell like demon to back to like a Mm -hmm. human and i think you see it in needy's face where she's like oh shit like this is what i've done and her mom comes in yeah and because she's like because yeah (laughs) this commotion well yeah you're just like (laughs) being that parent like what is what is going on over there? It you took know? her it took her long enough. I, I guess. know, and she's like half as half awake, yeah. and she's like, "What's going on?" And then she just sees she sees Needy like pull the box cutter out of Jen. Yeah, but Needy just kind of, instead of like fleeing, she just Collapses. kind of claps on the bed and just has this like finally can take a breath, so to speak, and is relieved that like yeah. her the demon yeah. is done. You know, slayed, and it's but it is kind of like. It is sad. Yeah. Like, and we do kind of, like, we come back to when Needy's in the asylum and she reveals that getting bitten by Jennifer, she she has absorbed some of the demon's abilities. Yeah. She escapes from the facility and I just, like, I love how they keep showing her fucking bunny slippers, like, the whole time. <laughs> um, and she, uh, you know, she escapes. She is walking down the road and she hicks, hit, she hitchhikes. And, like, this dude is just like, where are you going? She's like, I'm going east to see a band for yeah. their last show. But even that scene at the end where it's, like, women hitchhiking mm-hmm. is very dangerous. Oh, yeah. But we know that Needy, it's like, capable. Ha- she's capable and she's yeah. strong. So we know she that she's safe, technically. Yeah. But he even, like, looks her up and down and contemplates, yeah. like, maybe I should do something to yeah. this girl. Oh. And hey, it's, little lady. Yeah, it's yeah. just the, the male gaze in this movie, in this movie yeah. is... They do it so well mm-hmm. because they're fe- female filmmakers, writers. Like, I made from a for a female for audience. a female. I thought yeah. they handled like even the way that they show Jennifer's body was so different from like Carrie, for example. Oh, yeah. You know, just like the way it was shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we now know that Needy is like on this 
uh, quest to go seek revenge. She's gonna fulfill some things. She's gonna. She's and, gonna. Yeah. And and we kind of have like this little like um, kind of like the the mystery is solved because in the beginning of the movie. They talk about, like, it's called Devil's Kettle because of the waterfall. And then it has this, like, this little sinkhole. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is called. Um, a kettle. I don't know. Yeah. Spinning, turning. Little, little thing. Little, little hole in the ground. And, like, they don't know where it goes. But then Needy kind of finds, like, where all those things come out of. And she finds the knife yeah. that was used to slay Jennifer by the band. Yeah. And she picks it up. Yeah, and it's just but it was like, just like in a little like fucking little drainage, puddle. A little puddle, because <laughs> like, yeah. it's like the lore around this is like, where does it let out? Yeah. We don't know. No one knows. Scientists have tried to. Yeah. We don't know, but um, but yeah, it's just like that whole scene where Needy grabs Jennifer's necklace. It's like the declaration that their friendship is over. Like this is we're done, and kind of like in the most over top, you know, like. Like, thinking about if I had a best friend necklace. Yeah. Some, if we... <gasps> which we should. But if we had a best friend necklace and you... I'm going on Etsy right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you ripped that off oh. me, it's just like, oh. I would be... Like, Jennifer, because she falls. Yeah. And it's her way of just, like, accepting, like, this love is done. Yeah. Like, I don't want to fight that anymore. That is, like, the book shutting. Yeah, I'm, like, yeah. I'm tired, too. It's, like, the worst you know? thing. And she, can, yeah. like, it's her way that she accepts her fate. Yeah. Like, and it sucks because it's, like, uh, like, this is the end, and it's when they're the most against each other than they ever have been for, like, literally fighting each yeah. other, like, hurting each other, like, yeah. physically now, like, Needy's getting in there. You know, she, like, crosses an X on Jennifer's stomach. And it's something that Jennifer always says to Needy, like, cross out Needy. Mm -hmm. You know, she, like, cross out Jennifer. You know, just, like, kind of throwing it back in her face as she, like, cuts an X in her (laughs) stomach with a box cutter. But it's, like, it's clear that, like, yeah, even when they're at their worst, it's clear that this relationship is the most important that they will ever have. Yeah. And in a sense... Like, one, they cannot, they both cannot exist, so one kind of has to sacrifice themselves for that other person to move like on. Harry and Voldemort. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> they can't be in the same realm. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, <sighs> that's Jennifer's body. Hell yeah, it is. Um, Yeah, I... I do love this movie, even Me too. though it has its flaws. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the flips of the cliches. Um, I like that, yeah, like, you know, again, we, we talked about it, like, Jennifer's non-virginity, like, saves her. Um, I feel like it releases um, some sort of repressed anger that we feel as women. Yeah. Um, and as just kind of the de- the demographic, usually for, uh, you know, victims of sexual assault. Totally. Um, and that's why it feels like, very cathartic in some ways and why i don't know in this weird sense it's like it's 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 addicting to watch yeah i really do love that this movie is very rewatchable yeah and it's just really fun and i think if we ever do another like film screening event we oh, should do this yeah, one yeah yeah it's very um palatable yes. in a sense yeah. you know and yeah like there's some cringiness to it with, yeah like the dialogue and just like <laughs> um but the the commentary on girl and girl hate um Owning your sexuality, you know, yeah. and uh, the death of innocence, 
revenge fantasy and like the emotional truths of like codependency yeah. but not just codependency and like your romantic relationships but within your friend relationships which can be like just as yeah powerful totally. and prolific and yeah, in your life yeah, yeah. we we, ta- we discussed that like in the yeah. beginning and i mean there's like there's there's swings that this film makes that are hits mm-hmm. and there's swings that this film makes that are misses yeah it's not I, perfect it's not a perfect film i would call it a feminist film yeah. definitely yeah. um you know but it's it's just so interesting to like see this like resurgence of like love for this film Mm -hmm. with this 2023 lens that we now have and other people are seeing it with and like kind of giving oops giving it the the sort of accolades that it deserved at the time totally yeah yeah and again i when i first saw this movie i just loved it and i was just not aware of what the actual like the real shit that was going on and how (laughs) how how could people not love this movie like i do you know it's taking it so personally um but yeah i just yeah this uh it's great um and good pick yeah do you do you have any final thoughts or i mean that's pretty much it um i think yeah the focus on jennifer's body Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know her sexuality and her virginity Mm -hmm. and you know i think those are not like successful feminist aspects of this film Mm. but that being said i think with the material and the time and all of that context they did a pretty good job with what they had totally and i think it was successful i think it holds up yeah in certain ways yeah Yeah. Uh, (laughs) but super fun yeah Yeah. i think the acting done by uh megan and amanda i think their 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 dynamic is so great and like i think perfect casting on on all fronts like even just like the like even the dudes they're just kind of vanilla and (laughs) and then i think that's like supposed supposed to be Mm -hmm. The reason is, like, they're just kind of unassuming dudes. And, um, but yeah, um, yeah, that was, that was Jennifer's body. Um, Oh, so good. Um, so with that, dear listeners, um, please reach out, you know, if you- Oh, wait. Oh, oh, my bad. Oh. Our next movie. (gasps) Yes, yes, yes. Do you, do you have something in mind? I do. Okay. Do you want to, like, keep it close to the chest for a second? Just, just in case? (laughs) No. Okay. I'm going to go for it Um, with a a film that's very close to my heart. One of the first like real beautiful introductions to horror for me. And it's in line with the season, which is very cold and Mm -hmm. wintry. Mm -hmm. The film that we're going to do next is Let the Right One In. (gasps) The original. Oh, my God. I love that movie so much. Yes. And I think it's I think it'll be a really interesting conversation. Ah. Yeah. 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 I'm so excited. <laughs> Looking forward to that conversation so much. So much. Um well, I had a great great day with you today. I know. Yeah. It's been a while since yeah. I've seen you. Yeah. And Come over more. Hang yeah. out with me. I know. With like the, that's the thing I'm a little like getting a little concerned with the income incoming weather. It's like, oh, here we go. Yep. And uh, but we'll make it work. We we'll will. figure it out. Yep. Uh, we are resourceful, capable, adaptable people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, 
Well, um, if y'all want to reach out, if you have any, also any movie recommendations, thoughts, yeah, even. thoughts feelings, concerns, mm-hmm. all, all all that good stuff, mm-hmm. um, please reach out. Um, you could reach out uh, via our email, uh, babes from the Black Lagoon at gmail.com. Uh, just spelled just like that. Um, you could also find us on Instagram and touch tiktok at babes for the black lagoon and i mean i kind of like we kind of just have a simple simple little little social media platform yeah it's awesome yeah i, I love hearing from you guys yes. and like it's you guys are the best yeah yeah this is so fun yes it is yeah. so yeah just make sure uh wherever you're listening now spotify apple stitcher wherever um you know if you feel the spirit move you to uh, write a little review mm-hmm. it's very helpful for it us it helps others find the show mm-hmm. um, and we really appreciate you guys thank you so much thank you and um, what's our outro yeah I mean if you're feeling some sort of a wave with a friend maybe there's a conversation to be had yeah and yeah. and I know that's scary but you know sometimes things need to end yep. for new things to begin ooh isn't that just the season that we're in right now, too? Uh, yeah, like winter. I'm like feeling the. I saw. I think we posted something that the rot girl winter. <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm not doing great with the shift. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, and physically, like, like when things are really cold, mm-hmm. my joints hurt a little mm-hmm. bit more, and I'm just like, Ugh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> We just gotta lean in, I think. Rock yeah. girl winter. Rock girl we had winter. rat girl summer. Yeah. Rock girl winter. Short king spring. Short king spring. <laughs> that's that's yours. Oh, Chili is sound asleep this time. A little dimmit. All right, listeners. Well, yeah. We um, love you. We love you. We appreciate you. Don't go get sacrificed. No. But if you do, you know, go for you. <laughs> <laughs> and also, just like find really healing and good friends in yeah. your life yeah and maybe try something new like a pottery class Ooh. ceramics queen that is me ah mud mud, mud. anyway all right <laughs> well take care everyone we love you guys bye bye, bye.